good morning and thank you for joining us on this Palm Sunday. Uh, we're so glad that you are here and we are looking forward to a wonderful morning together. I wanted to share a psalm with you. It's one that uh, we would often share when we were together on Sunday mornings at the well. And it says this from Psalm 122, verse 1. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. And even though once again today we cannot actually go to the physical house of the Lord, we're here together, God's here, and we're looking forward to a wonderful, wonderful morning together. So I encourage you to uh, participate, to be fully engaged, to be fully present as we enjoy uh, church once again uh, via a video. Uh, we're going to worship. We're going to be in God's Word. Uh, we're going to hear announcements and, and all that God's doing in the life of the church family this morning. So uh, once again, thank you for joining us, and we look forward to a wonderful, wonderful Sunday service together. Greetings, Ojai Valley Christian Fellowship family. Hi, everybody. We sure miss you all. I want to encourage you to not to forget to call one another and send cards and text and we can actually love on each other that way and don't forget get to connect with your neighbors too i know this is a good time we've had a really neat time of our neighbors uh bringing us goodies and vice versa so i just encourage you to love on somebody today and have a blessed day we sure miss you and we're sending you air hugs this being palm sunday Today we celebrate Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem and his very public declaration that he is the Messiah, the Son of God. In Matthew 21, verses 1 through 9, Now when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and the colt, laid their clothes on them, and set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes went before, and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Welcome everyone. Thank you. One of our favorite parts of our Sunday gatherings uh, was what we called meet and greet. And it was an opportunity for the church family to reconnect, to say hello to one another after having been apart for about a week. And we thought that a fun and creative way to incorporate meet and greet into our video services uh, would be for you to uh, have an opportunity to hear from some of the church families. Uh, so we went out and we did some filming. Other uh, church family members sent us some video clips. And, and this is our version of meet and greet. Uh, we hope you enjoy it. Uh, in the weeks ahead, we may be contacting you 
uh, to be a part of Meet and Greet, and we look forward to hearing from you as well. And after Meet and Greet, Mark will uh, be praying for the offering. Good morning, everyone. It's so good to see you. Um, see all of you with your smiles and watching all this uh, sermon and everything that Richie's going to be having. It's so great that he does all this. So I miss all of you. I love all of you. But we just have to look forward to eventually we'll be back to church and seeing each other again and having a great time with all of our hugs and love and everything. So just have a good day and I love all of you and miss all of you. Morning church. Jordan here. Hope you guys are doing awesome. Uh, or at least as awesome as one can when uh, we can't really hang out in person. Um, so I hope you guys have been able to spend time together in the creative ways with technology today uh, with you know like the zoom meetings and FaceTime and stuff like that I uh, had a great time with the guys group the other day uh, just getting to see them and catch up with them and hear how life's going so I hope you guys are able to do that as well um, so I miss you guys love you guys and hopefully we can all connect uh, like we like we always do we used to do um, sometime soon so love you guys see you around Hi, church family. Hi, everyone. We miss you and love you very much. A special shout out to the kingdom kids. Can't wait to give you all a big hug. Hopefully we'll see you all real soon. Bye. Bye. Good morning, church. This is Mark Bodycomb. I'm one of the elders here at the well. And before I pray uh, to take our offering today, I'd like to read a short passage out of John 15. It says in uh, verse 4, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing." I wanted to share that just because this is such a, again, an unusual time in history, frankly, in all of our lives. And we really have, though, in the, in the context of these uh, trying circumstances, a wonderful opportunity to just learn so much more about resting in and abiding in and relying on and trusting in Christ um, and just making him the center of everything in our lives. And... I really encourage you just to really be meditating and thinking and praying and talking with one another about how to trust in him, how to rely on him, how to abide in him during these times so that we can be those men and women and children that are bearing fruit, that are really being a testimony to his love, to his faithfulness, to our neighbors, to our friends, to those around us, to our communities, to our family members. So just encourage you to keep that in mind uh, during this time. And really, you know, giving, giving back to God's kingdom, giving our tithes, our offerings to him is really part of that abiding, part of relying in and trusting in and, and just walking in the Holy Spirit. 
So I encourage you just to really consider and go to the Lord about what he wants you to do relative to offering and tithing during these days. I just want to remind everyone that there are multiple uh, avenues of how you can accomplish that. You can do online giving through the web site or through the app. Uh, it's really easy to set up and do on a recurring basis or on a one-time basis. And certainly you can still mail in any type of offerings to the church at 1290 Grand Avenue. So would you pray with me right now? Lord Jesus, Lord, we come to you with trust, with confidence, with thankfulness for your faithfulness to us during these days, Lord. I thank you for your presence with each man, with each woman, with each child, with our families, Lord, with uh, just so many people who need you right now, Lord, those people who are ill uh, for the first responders, the people who are just on the front lines, just helping us all throughout the, the globe, Lord, just kind of work through this, this really challenging time with this virus. But Lord, we put our confidence in you, Lord, and we just ask you to speak to each one of us about how you want us to live our lives in this day, and specifically, Lord, how to give, how to give to one another, how to give to your church, to your kingdom during these times. And we pray in your name, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, and have a great week. There are many exciting and wonderful things still happening in the life of the church family here at the well, and so we're going to spend a few moments uh, sharing with you some announcements and upcoming events. And, and I wanted to, to begin that by sharing with you that this Friday is Good Friday, and you know that typically uh, the Church of the Ojai Valley has been gathering at Libby Bowl uh, for a wonderful Good Friday service. Uh, and because we couldn't do that this year, uh, the pastors of the Ojai Valley Ministerial Association still wanted to celebrate Good Friday. And so we're putting together a pre-recorded Good Friday service. And once those details are finalized, we'll uh, be publicizing it and promoting it via our website and app. I just wanted to uh, give you a heads up that there will be something coming out on Good Friday so that uh, we as a church can commemorate that very special day. And now uh, we'd like to share with you some of the other exciting things that are happening here at The Well. Good morning, I'm Tyler. I'm one of the pastors here at The Well. Um, I'd just like to wish everybody a happy birthday if you were born in the month of April. I can't believe it's April already. So we'd like to celebrate a happy birthday with you guys with Birthday Bear. Happy and happy birthday. I would like to start off my announcements with talking about Triple C. Um, Triple C stands for Continuing Care Center, which is behind Ojai Hospital. And right now they are streaming the um, service. So I wanna give a shout out to Triple C. Hello everyone there. We love you and God bless you. Also, I was approached by um, Aubrey Norris and Maya Norris, who had a great idea about being salt and light in our community by making masks for people who need that. So if you'd like to help make masks with Aubrey and Maya, please email me and I will forward your information to them. The email will appear at the bottom of the screen. Also, youth group, we are gonna be starting a study with Francis Chan via Right Now Media. Yeah, right Now Media is just a great resource of Bible studies and um, other videos for everywhere from kids to adults, but we're gonna start a study uh, with Francis Chan. So it's gonna be a great opportunity. If you have a youth um, child from the age of seventh grade to 12th grade, please email me, let me know, 
and we can sign them up and we'll start the study together, which reminds me that we are going to be doing a push of invites to Right Now Media again. So if you get a repeat email, you can forget it or you can we can sign you up. And also, last but not least, we'd like to give you a shout out from a couple of our Kingdom kids. So hit it, kids. Hello, everybody. It's Russell and Say here. We just wanted to tell you how we are doing. Um, and um, we're doing church at home, we're doing Sunday school at home, and we're doing homeschool. And what are you guys doing to trust God through this time? Well, um, he lives in our heart, and when we're scared of something, he helps to make us stronger. And we know he has a plan. Okay. Remember what Pastor Richie says. Complete, love, accepted, accepted pleasing. pleasing. Goodbye, everybody. We love, we love you. you. Bye. Hi, this is Mark. I wanted to let you know about some online opportunities for men to participate in Bible study and fellowship. We had a wonderful kickoff last night on Zoom. We had 13 guys join in just to uh, kind of spend some time with each other. We'll be moving forward with at least two groups during uh, the week. We'll be studying the Gospel of Mark. We'll also have opportunities just to share with one another, to pray with one another, and just to kind of go through this uh, phase in life together. Um, so I encourage you to really consider and pray about getting involved. If you're interested, you can email me at mark at obcfchurch.org. I'll get a hold of you and give you the details and help you get hooked up into one of the groups. So really encourage you guys to uh, come on and get involved. Hi, I'm Kathy. And I'd like to let you know about the women's groups that are online now. We have three Bible studies that are on online. Um, Monday morning, uh, there's one Monday evening, and there's another one Friday morning. So, uh, welcome you to join us. Uh, please email me, and we can discuss which one best fits for you. Um, so, uh, and I can give you more details about them. So, uh, please email me, and uh, please join us. Thanks. Well, hello everyone, Elder Bill here, coming to you via video once again, uh, and it's uh, it's time for communion, and uh, you know, this week I thought I'd share with you uh, some of the comments uh, that I got from last week's uh, video uh, for communion. Um, it was, uh, I was really encouraged, actually, several of you uh, reached out via via uh, email or text and, um, and and by the way if you want to chat anytime uh, via email you can get in touch with me at bill at obcfchurch.org uh, so shout out if you'd like to uh, a few people did last week and I, I just want to share a couple of comments with you um, one of the comments I had from taking communion online uh, last week via video was uh, uh, can we do that um, and uh, Obviously, the answer is, sure, we can do that. And uh, another comment I got was, uh, uh, you know, that's great. It's the first time I've taken communion at home. I've never done that before. I've only taken communion at church. And uh, that's greatly encouraging to me, uh, frankly, because uh, we can take communion uh, anywhere. And we can do it anytime. And it's for the fellowship of believers, so we can take it with uh, ourselves or any any believers that we are with. Uh, so 
I encourage you to feel free to do that. Um, one of the other comments I got was uh, from somebody um, who said, uh, listen, uh, we weren't prepared uh, to take communion uh, last week, but we really wanted to. And so, uh, so we looked around the house uh, to gather up what we thought we would need to take communion. And uh, all we had was, was uh, we didn't have any grape juice, we just had orange juice. And uh, so the, the question via email was, um, does it count, does communion count if we just use orange juice? Yes, it does. <laughs> it's just fine to use orange juice. It would be fine while we're all kind of semi-sequestered in our, in our homes right now. If you have orange juice or tea or coffee or milk or, or whatever, uh, it's fine. And in fact, it's fine to use whatever you have available. Whatever you have available. If you have a bagel, if you have a cracker, if you have bread, whatever you have is just fine. So I encourage you this week to take communion. Again, take it on your own. Gather what you might have and prepare the communion meal. You see, because communion is really all about our heart, isn't it? So Jesus, when he was here on earth and he was with those that were his followers because Jesus came and asked us to be his followers. He's really not looking for fans. He's looking for followers. And so as followers of Jesus, we should indeed want to take communion as one of the two um, ordinances uh, that he prescribed for us to do, communion, and baptism, two very important uh, church ordinances as directed by Jesus. So uh, in any event, uh, I just wanted to share some real practical tips uh, while we're in these really unprecedented times right now, uh, where uh, when we go to the store, sometimes I, I went to the store last week and there wasn't one loaf of bread on the, on the shelf. And uh, so uh, that was interesting. Uh, there wasn't any milk and there wasn't any eggs. Uh, and um, uh, not to mention some of the other products that we all know are challenging to get right now. Uh, but listen, it's okay. Church, really, it's okay. You see, because as we prepare ourselves for communion, we're told to examine ourselves. We can do that in our own homes. Uh, today. I encourage you to do it today, whether you do it right now, whether you hit the pause button right now and prepare uh, communion elements, um, uh, or you wait till a little bit later this afternoon, maybe after uh, online church is over, um, you can do it at any time and with anyone, with any group of believers that you're with, whether you're by yourself or with your family, with your kids. Um, uh, I encourage you to to prepare the communion meal. Uh, and then, as Scripture says, to examine yourselves. Examine your heart. Is your heart right to even partake in the communion meal? Maybe you need to confess some things to the Lord. Uh, it's been a challenging week for some. I know some of you have lost your jobs this week, or you know someone who has. Uh, there are a great deal of just a number of changes that are taking place um, in our lives right now, right? But you see, the Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
And he encourages us, commands us really, to take the communion meal, so we should. So if you want to hit the pause button right now, hit the pause button and gather the elements, whatever you might have available in your house, and prepare them and put them in cups or however you choose to do that. Um, and whatever you have to do that with, do that. And take the elements and pray. Get right with the Lord. Confess. If you need to make something right with somebody um, that you're not right with, do that. Do that. And then pray. Pray by yourself. Pray with whoever you're with. Take the elements, understanding what they represent, the Lord's body and his shed blood for us. Um, and have a time in the presence of the Lord prior to taking the communion meal. And see what God does with that as an act of worship and obedience today in your home or wherever you might be and whoever you might be with. I encourage you to do that. Be obedient. Worship freely by taking the communion meal today. Do that. And may the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you because I don't know about you, but I am really looking forward to the time that we are able to get together as a church body and take the communion meal together. Amen to that. Amen, church. God bless you.
Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the opportunity to gather again as a church family this morning. And as we open your word, we're reminded that we're to be doers of your word and not just hearers. So we ask you once again, uh, through your Holy Spirit, to help us understand your word and then to bring the application. We love you. We love your word and commit this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. We have been working through the beginning parts of the book of Ephesians, and I wanted to read uh, up through verse 3 this morning to, to uh, begin. Ephesians 1, verses 1, 2, and 3. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. This morning we're going to focus on verse 3, and it says again, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And as I was reading that verse, uh, the word that really stuck out to me was every, every, right? And that word means all, without exception. Every spiritual enrichment needed for our spiritual life. Verse 3 says that as a child of God, as a saint, we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. And this morning, I, I want to begin with a question to just ask you, when was the last time you rejoiced, you celebrated, you, you had this moment of, of awe, and, and, and you were humbled, and you said, I cannot believe that I have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places because I am a child of God. Alexander McLaren says this, there is no gap in his gift. It is rounded and complete and perfect. It reminds me of 2 Peter 1.3. In the New Living Translation, it says this, By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And the significance of this verse really goes back to uh, the city of Ephesus. We've seen that Ephesus was a very wealthy city. There was a lot of commercial trade, a lot of successful people. 
And the Apostle Paul, in writing to the saints in that area, really wanted them to understand, right, that the real riches in their life were the spiritual riches and not necessarily the material uh, economic riches that, that they were surrounded by in their community. And I think about that in terms of our community, in terms of uh, the blessings, material blessings that, that we enjoy, uh, even during these times, right? And, and I wonder how challenged we might be to, to celebrate the spiritual blessings over the uh, material, economic, you know, the, the blessings that, that we often thank the Lord for. I wonder, uh, just like the saints in Ephesus, uh, how challenged we are to say, Father, thank you that I am blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ because I am your child. And I was thinking of that in, in light of today being Palm Sunday, right? And if you're familiar with, with Palm Sunday, we know that Jesus was entering Jerusalem and, and the Bible says the entire city was stirred, right? Literally, potentially up to hundreds of thousands of people uh, were, were stirred upon the arrival of Jesus, right? People behind him uh, coming from the city where he was coming from, people from Jerusalem coming out. And this mass of people were stirred. And yet I wonder how many of them really understood, really were celebrating uh, the true reason for Jesus' entry into Jerusalem, right? And we're going to look at that passage. Randy uh, read from Matthew 21 at the beginning of our service, and I'm going to go there again. In Matthew 21, verses 1 through 7, it says this, Now when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Beth to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord needs them and he will send them at once. This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet, saying, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put them on their cloaks, and he sat on them. Verses 4 and 5 again says, This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet, saying, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. Jesus' entry into Jerusalem, Jerusalem on a donkey really was a fulfillment of a prophecy given 500 years ago in Zechariah 9.9. Now, what's interesting is that donkey was a sign of peace, a sign of peace. In Revelation 19.11, it speaks of a white horse, right? And a, and a horse is more of a symbol of triumph, a conquering king riding a white horse, right? But in this case, on Palm Sunday, Jesus enters on a donkey, Again, symbolic of a sign of peace. And this is also, as Randy mentioned, uh, really an open declaration of who Jesus is as Messiah. 
as Messiah. The word Messiah means anointed one. Now, what's interesting in Jewish thought, uh, the Messiah, the long-awaited Messiah, really was seen as a political, maybe political military deliverer or ruler. As they struggled under Roman rule, again, Jewish thought was was primarily uh, that the Messiah would be coming to deliver them economically, socially, politically from Roman rule, right? And that was kind of the mindset as Jesus enters riding on a donkey. In Matthew 21, verses 8 to 11, it says this, Most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up saying, Who is this? And the crowd said, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. And so we see from the words and actions of the crowd that that they primarily had a certain expectation of what Jesus was here to do as Messiah, right? In verse 8, it says that they spread their cloaks and branches on the road. Well, we know throwing garments and placing branches, in this case, palm branches on the road, really was symbolic of reverence of respect and submission to royalty, right? Putting their cloaks down before Jesus. In 2 Kings 9.13, there's an example of this where it says they hurried and took their cloaks and spread them under him on the bare steps. Then they blew the trumpet and shouted, Jehu is king, right? So as Jesus is entering Jerusalem on a donkey and they're spreading their cloaks before him, it's a symbol again that they're recognizing their expectation of him as king, right? To deliver them from Roman rule. And in response to that, right? They're, they're symbolically laying their cloaks down out of reverence, respect, out of submission to royalty. And then it says also that palm branches were cut and placed on the road in front of Jesus. In fact, it's in John 12, 13 uh, that we find out that, that John is actually the only writer that identifies these branches as palms. And that's where we get Palm Sunday is really from John 12, 13. And what were palms? Palms were symbols of victory, triumph, and really of Jewish nationalism. So cloaks are being put down in front of Jesus because he's king. Palm branches are being put down in front of Jesus because the people are now expecting, they're stirred up because now there's a great anticipation of victory, of triumph, Jewish nationalism, and they're excited. They're excited, right? Verse 9 says, And the crowds that went before him, and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Imagine that thousands and thousands of people shouting Hosanna. If you've ever been on a, in a football stadium where someone scores a touchdown team and the roar is deafening, I can only guess that that must have been what it was like. Thousands and tens of thousands of people shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Hosanna. 
And what does Hosanna mean? Hosanna means save or save now. It comes from Psalm 118, verses 25 and 26, where it says, Save us, we pray, O Lord. O Lord, we pray, give us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. Originally, the word Hosanna was a plea for help, a plea to be saved. Someone said, said, Hosanna, they were pleading to be saved, pleading for salvation, right? Over time, the word Hosanna went from plea to praise, more of a woo-hoo moment where someone is yelling Hosanna because salvation has come. Salvation has come. In Mark eleven ten, 10, uh, it says, Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. So now they're even anticipating the coming kingdom. Jesus as Messiah is going to bring victory. He's going to reestablish an earthly kingdom. And they're celebrating. They're celebrating that salvation has come. And they're really seeing Jesus as, as, as a conquering hero. As a conquering hero. And why is this important? What, well, how does this relate back to Ephesians verse 3? Well, let's look at that again. Ephesians 1 verse 3 says this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And I think about that, and I think about the crowds uh, on Palm Sunday, their expectation of who Jesus was and the purpose for His coming to Jerusalem. And I think of how many of them missed it, missed it. Their focus was on Jesus altering their life circumstance, their political circumstance, maybe their economic circumstance. And they really missed the purpose behind Jesus coming. And I wonder again how many of us in our life circumstances don't really focus on the spiritual blessings that are already ours in Christ, in Christ. And perhaps some of us tend to focus on the word blessings more so on what we expect or anticipate Jesus is going to do for us to change or improve our life station, right? Many of the thousands of people on that Palm Sunday were celebrating in anticipation of what they thought Jesus was going to do for them rather than on who He is, rather than who He is and the spiritual blessings that come from who He is. Stephen Cole says this, Make sure that you follow Jesus because of who He is, not because of what you think He might provide for you. Make sure that you follow Jesus because of who He is, not because of what you think He might provide for you. And I think about Ephesians 1-3 in light of Palm Sunday. And I think how many of us tend to focus more on what Jesus might do for us or what we want Him to do for us rather than who He is 
and who we are in Christ and all the spiritual blessings we already have because we're in Christ. And so to to focus us back on that, I thought, why don't we look at some verses that really speak to why Jesus came to earth in the first place. Luke 10, verses 10 and 11. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Matthew 1.21 She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. John 1.29 The next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. Luke 19.10 For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. So we look at those four scripture passages and we're really reminded that Jesus came to seek and save the lost. Jesus came because of our sin issue, because of our true need for salvation, because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It's also interesting that Jesus came in riding on a donkey, and we know, again, the donkey is a symbol of peace, and peace in the New Testament uh, really it speaks to reconciliation, to having peace between two parties. And, and I thought of that in Romans 5, 1, where it says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so we can take time today and even into this past week and really reflect on the significance of Jesus' entry into Jerusalem and maybe take time to ask ourselves and reflect, have I been caught up? Have I been more consumed with what I want Jesus to do for me? How I want Jesus to change my life circumstance? How much time have I been really spending on celebrating Hosanna, salvation, because through faith in Christ, my sins are forgiven. Because through faith in Jesus, I'm in Christ and I have already received every spiritual blessing. There's a word called penultimate. Penultimate. And the word penultimate is defined as the second to last thing in a series right? The second to last thing in a series. If you're familiar with uh, track and field, uh, the event called the long jump, you know that someone will run uh, down a runway, there's a board, and they'll take off from the board, and then they'll land in the sand. Well, the second to last step is called the penultimate step. And why is that important? The penultimate step is designed to set the athlete up to take off right? It's a setup. So it's the second to last step. The penultimate step is important because it sets them up to take off, to launch into the sand pit. Well, I think perhaps that many, even in the church, see Jesus as sort of a penultimate step. 
that rather than celebrating who Jesus is, rather than celebrating who we are in Christ, rather than celebrating all the spiritual blessings we have, we see Jesus more as a setup step, more as a penultimate step. And Jesus is going to launch us into success or, or whatever situation we desire, whatever we want Him to do for us. P.G. Matthew says this, In the same way, most Christians today do not want the real Jesus, who saves them from their sins and from the domination of Satan and the world, and who delivers them from death and grants them eternal life. Jesus is merely their penultimate desire. He is the one they hope will grant them their ultimate desires of health, wealth, and power in this world. And so on this Palm Sunday, I really encourage us, challenge us, maybe even confess if we have, for whatever reason, shifted into seeing Jesus as our penultimate desire, focusing more on what Jesus we want Jesus to do for us, rather than embracing and celebrating that Jesus isn't the penultimate, He's the ultimate. He is the ultimate. Jesus is life. Jesus is life. John 1, 4, In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. 1 John 5, 11 and 12, And this is the testimony, that God gave us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. John 14, 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Romans 6, 23, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Why is Jesus the ultimate? Because Jesus is life. Jesus is life. And when you come to Christ, you have life, not just in the eternal sense, not just quantitatively, eternally, but you have life quantitatively. The word life in the New Testament speaks of fullness of life, which alone belongs to God and is available to His children now, right? The word is zoe. It means this is life real and genuine, a life active and vigorous, devoted to God and includes the present as well as the future. So Jesus isn't the penultimate to launch us into life. Jesus is life. He is our life. Colossians 3, verses 3 and 4. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all His glory. Matthew 21.10 And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up, saying, Who is this? Who is this? Who is this? This is Jesus. This is Jesus. And the Bible says, when you have Jesus, you have life. You have life. Jesus isn't the setup step to launch us into success or prosperity. Everything we need is given to us in Christ. 
in Christ. And so this morning we can shout, we can say, Hosanna, Hosanna. Because salvation has come to us through Christ and in Christ we have received every spiritual blessing. My prayer for you, my prayer for us uh, this Palm Sunday and leading into Passion Week up to Good Friday and Easter is that we would celebrate life in Jesus. Life in Jesus. Thousands of people were screaming, were shouting Hosanna because they wanted Jesus to do something for them. They kind of missed it. And I don't want you to miss it. So we're going to sing a song. We're going to pray. We'll sing a song and then I'll come back and close us. But take this time. During this song, take this time to, to really celebrate. Thank God. Thank Jesus that in Him you have life. You have received every spiritual blessing. Celebrate. Worship Him freely. Because truly, He is the Messiah. And truly, we have life through Him. Let's pray. Father, thank You for our time together this morning. Thank You, Jesus, that You are not the penultimate step. You are the ultimate gift. In You, we have life. Eternal life, abundant life. In You, we have received every spiritual blessing. So we take this time now to worship you in response to who you are. We celebrate. We say, Hosanna. Hosanna. Because salvation has come through you, Jesus. Our names are written in the book of life. Thank you. Hosanna. Thank you, Jesus. Let's worship together.
thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, it's been a beautiful Palm Sunday together. Uh, as we look forward to the Passion Week, uh, just a reminder that once we uh, get the details of the Good Friday service finalized, we'll be sending that out so that uh, the Church of the Ojai Valley can celebrate Good Friday together. And then Easter. Next Sunday, we're going to celebrate the resurrection of Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Have a blessed week. God bless you.